Previously on Funny Science Fiction. I couldn't help myself, dad joke. It's your podcast, but get out. <laughs> Hi, this is Jeff Swampy Marsh, Balthazar Cavendish, and Major Francis Monogram of the OWCA saying, Welcome to the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. Carl, where are my trousers? The podcast where Spider-Man clinically has multiple personalities, not multiverses. So our guest today is the co-creator of Phineas and Ferb, Milo Murphy's Law, and a great many other titles. And he's also the voice of Major Monogram in Phineas and Ferb. It's Jeff Swampy Marsh. Hello, Swampy. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, guys. How's it going? Excellent. Thank you so much for, for being here with us today. We're really excited to, to have a chance to sit down and, and chat with you and, and talk with you a little bit about some great nerdiful things. Nerdiful, that's a word. It's going to yeah. be a word. I'm going to make it a word. Nerd and beautiful. It's nice to be anywhere where I see new faces. Well, there you go, right? New people. It's automatically a plus. It's yeah. not just my husband. I mean, I love my husband. <laughs> Don't leave that out there. You know. It can be edited in post or not because he's used to it. Well, there's that. So, uh, Swampy, we're talking with you in the middle of two important nerd days. Uh, we are, of course, talking about yesterday was May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. And today is Revenge of the 5th. I bring that up because I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, and, and I love Phineas and Ferb. And that crossover special that you guys did with Star Wars was phenomenal. Excellent job on that. I I, I watch that very regularly. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, <laughs> You're but I, a I, I am a huge fan. We had a very good time doing that one. Awesome. I was so going to say, before I forget, we just found out yesterday that Phineas and Ferb made Rolling Stone's all-time greatest 100 sitcoms in history. Yay! Congrats. Congrats. Seinfeld and Get Smart and Friends and the Bob Nicks. Wow. That's awesome. No, I was really it was completely chuffed by that. That, uh, that was awesome. That is. That's really cool. Yeah. And it was probably due in no small part to the Star Wars crossover special. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. I, <laughs> but you have you have uh, some really cool other crossovers. There was the Marvel crossover that one I really enjoyed as well. And there's just you know there's the movies and of course the regular old series, which is awesome in its own right. So I, I have to wonder though, what's your level of Star Wars nerdiness? And were you more excited for the Marvel crossover or the Star Wars crossover? No, the Star Wars crossover, um, which was kind of nervous. And and I'm a massive Marvel fan, but I did have reservations going into the Marvel crossover. Um, in, in the beginning, I was actually one of the dissenting voices because I knew how long it was going to take to get it right. You have to work with a bunch of characters that your crew is not completely familiar with. And there are rules to this universe, not to mention all of the rules that come along with the legal side of working with these characters. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Well, my thought, my fear up front was that Disney was never going to give us the time that we needed to get all the clearances done and everything like that and get the characters right without violating anybody's universe. And it wasn't until we got the agreement to, that they would give us the time to do it that I got really excited about the, the Marvel but, you know, it was like they were down to frame counts with how how long we could use Spider-Man. One frame over 
certain number of minutes. And it became a different thing, hence it fell oh, into wow. else. It's bonkers, and we were crossing universes, and you know, we had the old argument about who can pick up Thor's hammer at one point, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Jokes about it, uh, um, but the Star Wars thing, we all knew. We knew the films we were playing in mm -hmm. really well. And as soon as we got them to buy into that Rosencrantz and Guildenstern idea, as I said, because kids love Tom Stoppard references, um, <laughs> the, uh, it freed us up. We knew we weren't going to violate any of their characters. And we knew them intim intimately. And there was only a small group. And all we had to do was dance around and play in the gaps that they'd already left and fill in the holes. So that was just joyous. And they locked us in a secret conference room and everybody on the crew brought in all of their Star Wars toys. <laughs> and I have to do a special shout out to John Mathot, who is super nerd, super geek. And you could literally call him and say, okay, in this scene over here, the fourth one in the back, there's a droid that looks, it could be a droid, it could be a shadow leaning. They go, oh, that was a B3726, that one's name is Larry. He also appears, you know, it's like, dude, seriously, wow. Um, so that made it easy. Oh, that's, awesome. that's awesome. So that's a very long-winded way of saying Star Wars. I love it. <laughs> I love long-winded answers. Those are the best. They are. Especially because so they're, they're, usually, they're usually filled with, you know, more cool details than what I was asking for. So that's even better. There you go. So I, this is one of the questions I'd asked Dan when we interviewed him. But... Because you're the co-creator, I want to know your thoughts, too. So with Dr. Doofenshmirtz and his tragic backstories, upon tragic backstories, upon tragic backstories, do you have a favorite of his? You know, the, the, just because we could use the line, uh, neither of my parents were there for my birth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there is something wonderfully nonsensical about that that brings me joy. Um, close to that is uh, Doofenshmirtz singing the song with love handled it. You know, my mother's love was always inexplicably linked to kickball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's great. That is great. great. <laughs> and Tim falls out of his chair. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that I is our new goal I... of the show is to get Tim to fall out of his chair. It's going to happen. That whole thing about kickball was just taken from my life. So, uh, <laughs> no. Oh, I was like, we got to hear the story if there is. Right. Was. I, no, <laughs> no, he's just messing with us. Yeah. <laughs> so, if it's all right, I have a question for Major Monogram. Absolutely. Probably <laughs> the answer will be quite, uh, completely classified, and I will be unable to discuss it with you. <laughs> and an agent will be over briefly. <laughs> eviscerate you <laughs> was that a snort yes i love it oh my god we got a snort. anyway i try to contain it and it doesn't work what was your question there young man did you ever get that pony no tragically uh the missus and i don't live in a place that uh, would allow a pony the condo committee said no oh. we have a rather spacious balcony and yet still we could not persuade them. So I, I got one of those plastic models. <laughs> that was my sillier question. So what were some of your inspirations growing up? Uh, 
um, as Swampy. Well, it's funny. I didn't get to become Swampy until I was probably, God, what was that? Sixth or seventh grade. Um, I was born with a completely different last name, and it was my stepfather, my uh, husband number four of my mom's seven husbands, uh, that I decided was going to be my dad. So that's how I became Marsh. And some people had joked with Swampy, but I didn't become Swampy until I moved to England in 1980. I was working at a nightclub there. Timepiece Wine Bar and Discotheque. Rock on, people. <laughs> uh, and they decided they were going to call me either Boggy or Swampy. And I think I might have had a few too many beers one evening and made a big fuss about somebody calling me Boggy. <laughs> the reason I realized it was kind of too big of a fuss is because the next day when I got to work, everyone started saying, hello, Swampy. <laughs> and I've been- That's a giveaway, yeah. Um, but my, my uh, film and, and animation inspirations were, you know, Chuck Jones, uh, but, you know, all of the early Warner Brothers, that was very formative, but hugely was things like um, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Hmm. Rocky and Bullwinkle was the first cartoon to me that really treated us like intelligent beings. And they put in jokes that we didn't necessarily need to understand. Mm -hmm. And that was fine. And also the art was so accessible because it wasn't perfect and Disney-like and 3D. The characters didn't match model from one scene to the next. And it, it didn't matter. You just loved them and everything about it and fractured fairy tales. It was just a, a terrific journey of chaos and was you know, hugely the inspiration for Phineas and Ferb, along with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, nice. I can yeah. see that crossover now. And, and get smart. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's a kind of an interesting correlation there because I can actually see a lot of those elements. And, and now that you mentioned those, I can kind of see some of those elements in the work that you do. It, it makes sense to me completely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Dan had mentioned on the show that a lot of the Phineas and Ferb stuff too was those those childhood adventures you have with your friends. Oh yeah. But then I can totally see Rocky and Bullwinkle and Ferris Bueller's Day Off in yeah. that. Dan and, and I, Dan and I were lucky. In that we had you know, we were definitely brothers from another mother. Um, we both had parents who let us do and encouraged us to do just crazy stuff. Uh, you know, building tree houses and go-karts and putting on plays and musicals. We took over my apartment building in the valley and did our own version of Jesus Christ Superstar <laughs> in the valley in the 70s. Oh, my goodness. Our apartment building showed up, except for one lady in the back corner who was angry. Um, <laughs> there's always one to center. Yeah, there's, there's always somebody. Uh, and, and Dan had a similar upbringing, so you know we we got into a lot of mischief. And the only difference is I was I was also in a family that was very vehicular, so I started riding and racing motorcycles when I was about six or seven. And uh, cars and motorcycles have been a huge part of my life. I was the car expert on the show. I get all these questions, Swampy. Which part is the carburetor? <laughs> Come up with some car terms. I wrote that whole thing for the Fireside Girls when you know they did the NASCAR thing. So yeah. I, hey, somebody asked me, were those real things? I went, yeah, they're all real things. I... <laughs> they all exist on the car. They all work. <laughs> they're all parts. That's excellent. All right. 
Well, cool. So I, I have another question about major monogram, if you don't mind. Mm. Um, so, of course, it's major Francis monogram. Francis monogram. But how do we get to the point where we no longer call him Francis? Uh, because that's his name, and only by we only call him by rank. Was this some secret organization, undercover agent type of thing, like Men in Black, you know, just removing first names instead of <laughs> fingerprints, or is it just a dislike for the name of Francis? No, that's pretty normal, like in, in any any military organization. You know, you don't see the guys running up, hey, Captain Bob. <laughs> well, you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I just noticed that in some episodes, it's... I'd like you to meet Private, you know, Pete. <laughs> well, true. Yeah, you got me there. But it also, you know, it was, you know, part of the secret organization. Everybody's got a code name, so, except for Carl, because he's an intern. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Carl, the intern. Oh, yeah, it's tough. No, I just noticed in some episodes, it's, you know, he's Francis, and then other episodes, he was, you know, just, just major monograms. So I was wondering if there was a, you know, a thing there. It's people, you'll notice when they use it, it's people using it, you know, to kind of needle him. The way people do, you know, it's like when somebody says, uh, you know, your full name, like if somebody were to get Jeffrey, <laughs> sounds like your mom going. Yeah, oh, yeah, I get you now. Isn't yeah. that so, Jeffrey? Timothy? Really? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so much trouble, Dan's known me a long, long time. And I remember one time in a meeting, he called me Jeff. And the reaction from everybody was as if the room had gotten frosty. <laughs> <laughs> and we looked around like, oh, no, we've known each other a long time. That's <laughs> no. <it's not. laughs> See, Although I, I remember one time we were in a meeting and somebody made a joke. We were all sitting around a big conference table waiting for the executives and somebody made a joke. It was, oh, I just want to grow up one day to be cool like Swampy and have two earrings in my left ear. And everybody laughed. And all of a sudden, Dan stopped and he turned and he goes, you have two earrings in your left ear? Or, yeah. How long have you had that? <laughs> Literally the entire time I've known you since like <laughs> 89. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I will never be that cool. I have two earrings in my right ear, not in my left. It's not going to work. No. Nope. My coolness has been thrown off. Sorry. And I have a complete aberration towards needles, so there's not a chance of that ever happening for me. So, You know, I'm not a fan of needles, and yet here and... I was going to say, and you got the tattoo showing. I know. And yet when I go to the doctor, it's like, oh, if they're taking blood, I'm up here. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch it. No, no, I'm I'm in my happy place. I'm on a beach somewhere. I don't need to see. Don't need to know. Yeah, I always tell them, don't give me a countdown. Don't tell me you're gonna do it. Just stab me. Get it over with. When I am when I'm at the emergency, the first thing when a doctor comes in, and I I say that like I'm there a lot because I am. I I tended to do a lot of things in my life that made me end up in the emergency. Uh, the first thing I tell them when they come in is like, look, I'm going to set you straight right now. I don't need to know anything about what's wrong with me. <laughs> I know that I am broken. That's why I'm here. All I really need you to do is confirm that I'm broken and fix me. Please don't feel the need to describe any of the, <laughs> nothing about it is important to me and will make me queasy. And, and let's just not. 
You and my brother would get along so well. And as long as we obey those rules, I'm fine in there getting taken care of. It's when the guy says, oh, your ligatures and your tits, like, ah, 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 ah. No, no, no. Don't need <laughs> It wouldn't mean anything to me, and I'm not qualified to do anything with the information. So just with me. See, my <laughs> oldest brother, my oldest brother is the, the one that when he fell when he was 10 and got a rock embedded in his knee, he wanted to be able to sit up to watch them take it out. My wife's the same. If she can get a mirror for any any procedure she's doing, dentist or anything, she'll watch the whole thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The no. second brother is the can't even look at the scar on the first brother's knee because it still makes him queasy 30 <laughs> years later. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Which one's Fred? The second one. Okay, just making sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, explains, Charlie's, explains Charlie's a lot, actually. The, it does. It does explain a lot. Once you know him, you get it. Sorry, Fred. Anyway. <laughs> like he's listening to this. Yeah, I know. So because, I mean, we've already talked to Major Monogram and you've already asked Carl where your trousers are. Mm. But in this Zoom world, this video call world, is Major Monograms a pants or no pants guy? You know, most of the time, uh, Monogram is, a, is an overly sensible guy. Um so yeah, most of the time there's trousers, but he's also the kind of person that in a pinch, it's like, we're in a rush. It's an emergency, Carl, just put the jacket on. <laughs> Let's go. Don't drop the camera. Um, Don't drop the camera. <laughs> you know, monogram's fairly buttoned up, you know. Goes home for Taco Tuesday night. He's <laughs> got a sedate life. <laughs> Not a lot of pants off dance offs in Major Monogram's existence. He was Everybody out, he does was, it at least once, though. He was based on the, the voice, anyway, and the, the attitude for me was based on uh, Walter Cronkite, who, mm. growing up in my era, he was the most trusted man in America. Oh, right. yeah. He was the guy who, you know, was there for the moon landing and mm -hmm. Kennedy set. You know, all that stuff was, to me, was Walter Cronkite. Mm hmm. He was also the guy who, in his show, The 20th Century, had promised me a jetpack. We were all going to have jetpacks. We don't have jetpacks. I'm a little bitter and not really ready to let it go. Walter Cronkite lied to me. Mr. Cronkite and all that, and a big fave, and base my character on him and love him. But I am a little bitter about the fact that we don't have our jetpacks. It's a fair enough reason to get salty with somebody. Enough my chest. I'm letting it go. Fair enough. <laughs> he feels better, though. Yeah, it'll come back tomorrow. Breathe in, breathe out. Yeah. Breathe At least in, once a day, out. I have a moment. <laughs> you just remember that you don't have a jetpack. Yeah, I run to the store for you, dear. Be really easy if I had my jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll walk instead. Reminds me of that scene from uh, Incredibles where he's like looking for a super suit. He's like, "Honey, where's my super suit?" <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I love that movie. So we have a Facebook group and it's filled with memes and Funny memes ones. often are one mix between one thing and another. And uh, the funny is often found in mixing multiple things. So if you could mix Phineas and Ferb or Milo Murphy's Law with something else, what would you like to mix it with? Man, dang. 
if I could find a way, this is just a personal thing to integrate Formula One racing. And, and I'll give you the long, weird roundabout reason for that. Okay. In my head, I think if I get close enough, somebody might be stupid enough to give me a shot at driving one of those things. <laughs> like, I still go out racing from time. I did a couple of charity events out at Irwindale driving NASCARs. And I know it's completely unreasonable, and I'm not genuinely waiting for it, but there is a tiny little part of my brain, whenever I do it, to think this is the moment they'll realize. I'll make a call, tell them I have my own suit, my own helmet, my own gloves. I'm ready to go. If, you know, one of the wall trips can't make the race, I'm there. <laughs> um, I know it's not going to happen, but you know, there you go. We've already mixed Phineas and Ferb with every other thing that, that you know, makes us deliriously happy. We ask, uh, you know, all kinds of wacky people to do the show that are like big musical heroes of ours and they say yes. I cast Elvis Costello and Diana Krall in the Pete the Cat series that I did. You know, I got oh, that's cool. And Elvis Costello sang and direct him in the studio, which was the nerdiest experience ever because, you know, he sang the song, I'm weeping. <laughs> I'm getting in the booth going, it's the most beautiful thing you think happened to you. And then you got to turn on director hat and go, Elvis, that was great. If you could give me one more and just try to hold out the notes at the end of the verses a little bit longer because we're trying to cover a visual, that'd be great. Take two. Thank you. Then you take your finger off the butt. And go, oh, my God. It kind of kills the cool factor. Yeah, I think honestly, I I would have probably been that way. So with the cast that you had on on Milo Murphy's Law, some of the guest <laughs> casts that you had on there, the the amount of fanboy giggling that I probably would have done if had I had been in your seat, <laughs> uh, especially because you know you had Mark Hamill on there, you've had Weird Al, you've had I got uh, to have my my grandkids and my son in law come out for the Mark Hamill recording for one of oh. them, and uh, <laughs> my God, they were just in nerd. <laughs> I was and Mark's the sweetest guy in the world and he absolutely gets it and he he delivers on exactly what those people want and it was just the sweetest thing I I am I never have to do anything nice for my grandkids again ever no no that's true occasionally just a lot less now because you know they had the Mark Hamill moment so no, that that'd be pretty high up there on the list. I I can. It was tell like you I wish I was one of your grandkids. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yes, I can just imagine uh, the amount of fun that you have doing that with with these various cast members that you were able to bring in. Um, you know, because like I said, I looked through the cast list of of who you've had on to you know Milo Murphy's Law, and I know some of the people not not know them, but know of them uh, that have been on uh, Phineas and Ferb and all that kind of stuff. So for me, that's yeah, that's kind of a cool. Kind of a cool side perk, in my opinion, for your for what you guys do. Funny Science Fiction will be right back after a word from our sponsors. And now back to Funny Science Fiction. I love it now. I have people in my phone that I've been in conversations where I go, well, I could call them and ask. And people are like, you have their number? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my yeah. Favorite, favorite thing that ever happened to me that way was... Uh, <laughs> I was in Ireland over visiting a, a studio that was doing some work for us. And I was traveling with one of my directors, Bernie Peterson, who worked on Phineas and Ferb. And we were in Dublin. So we were wandering around uh, Temple Bar, where all the nightclubs are. And I heard uh, a U2 song coming out of one of the bars. And so I went in with my phone and I recorded about 15 seconds of them 
doing this U2 song and I texted it to, to the edge. So, <laughs> wandering around Temple Bar, thought we heard you playing, turns out it wasn't you. <laughs> it's a joke. And I got a text back almost immediately from his wife saying, oh, he's in Dublin right now. You should you know, text him on his Dublin phone. So I sent the text there and he calls me. I said, oh, you're in town. You know, we should you know, have coffee or something. It's like, we're flying up tomorrow. He's like, oh, I'll come meet you for coffee. And I didn't tell Bernie. So I went down to the coffee shop to get a table, which was closed. And I talked them into giving me a table and ordered some stuff. And we're sitting there. And I got to watch Bernie's face when Edge came in the door to go. The <laughs> 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 funnier thing was I also got to see the waiter who had no idea who was going to be there. And in Dublin, these guys are like much more important than royalty. So this yeah, they're guy immortal there with a tray of tea and you could see him go mm. the key all rattled and then he went <laughs> there you go very calmly put it down great that, that's the weirdest stuff that happens to you it's like oh yeah phineas and ferb has, has gotten me to know a lot of people <laughs> hey that's that's a really cool side benefit for sure so i have a uh, to change streams a little bit here, I do have some questions for you about uh, your production company, Surfer Jack. Yes. So how did that come about? Uh, what projects are you working on with it that you can talk to us about? And are you a surfer? Is that where the name comes from? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, and and almost everything I do and uh, somehow relates back to my surf therapy charity, uh, Walk on Water. We do surf therapy for special needs kids and their families. And yeah, big surfer. My son's a surfer, and that's where the name came from. Actually, the name came from my son, and he drew the logo when he was like seven. Uh, oh, cool! He draw on his surfboard like I always draw on my surfboards. I draw on everything. It's you know occupational hazard. Uh, <laughs> it drives my wife crazy. She's got sharpie stuff over all the time. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> So he wanted to do that. And I thought, oh, it was a learning opportunity. I said, okay, it's a permanent thing. You should plan it out, decide what you want to do and do some sketches and then it'd be great. You know, but so he drew the character, that little face mm -hmm. on the board uh, with the scraggly hair and the earrings. And I went, that's cool. Who is that? He went, that's Surfer Jack. So that always was just Surfer Jack. So when I started my own company, I said, can I, can I use your art? Do I have permission to use your art in that name? for my company. And he's like, yep, do I have to sign anything? It's like, no, you don't really. You know, unless you want to, we could sign something. He's like, no, it's cool. You can have it. So that's why it's Surfer Jack. Oh, that's and cool. I formed the company originally uh, as a loan out from Disney. At a certain point, uh, Disney stops treating you like an employee. That day is the day they come get your silver card, by the way. Five minutes after you sign the new contract, there's a guy there saying, can I have your silver pass back, please? really dude it's like been five minutes because yeah give me the pass um which was really kind of wow uh but uh so i formed the company for that and then when i decided uh to go do pete the cat uh that was the company that i used and we just set everything up under that and it all became surfer jack and since then we've been in development on several things we did uh, a bunch of pilots for people we did an opening sequence for uh James May's travel show on Amazon did this whole anime opening sequence for him. 
we're in development with another show with Disney Junior that I can't really talk about, and another show with another network that I can't really talk about. But we're Fair enough. Helping do things with networks, and then we've got about seven or eight different other projects in development. Excellent. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, it's nice. But yeah, I have, I have just beneath me, underneath here, in my garage are one, two, three, four, five, too many surfboards. <laughs> so really, it's just a hobby for you, nothing you take serious then. Clearly. No. <laughs> Buying new surfboards really takes some justification these days. Understood. <laughs> it's like buying new guitars. I was going to say, it's like my husband and new guitars. I In this room, I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 guitars. <laughs> and there's three at another location. An undisclosed location, yes. <laughs> I can quit any time I want. <laughs> Only quitters quit, Swampy. I think there's there's four guitars and a bass in my house or four guitars and two bass and then he's got three or four guitars that are at another friend's house because we had a kid and his office suddenly became a nursery <laughs> and the two behind me well there's that oh my goodness. <laughs> just the ones with an easy reach <laughs> have to have you know so in your list of credits you have everything from voices producing animation music including composing yeah. And according to my research, your grandfather was a jazz musician. He was. Which is awesome. I am a huge music fan. But do you say that, I mean, obviously, you have instruments. We've talked about this. And you play them because you don't just collect them. No. So Everything needs to be played. Surfboards need to be used. Guitars need to be played. Old cars and motorcycles need to be driven. That's why you have them. That's awesome. So how many different instruments do you play? Uh, right now, uh, really just the guitar. I, here's the problem with having a, a, a musician uh, in the family. My grandfather was, he started in the 30s. He was the guy who discovered Doris Day. Oh. With him. He was the musical director for Bob Hope, Bing Crosby for a while. He did all of the Dean Martin shows. Oh, oh wow. I used to go sit and watch the Dean Martin shows and watch Sammy Davis Jr. sing and dance. And oh, my word. How cool. It was the coolest thing growing up. The Christmas parties were bonkers. <laughs> um, the people who were there was just fabulous and uh, grew up over at Capitol Records a lot of the time. And But his band, he was a band leader. I could learn any instrument I wanted. So you'd go, oh, I want to try that horn. Oh, that's, wait a minute, oh, that, what's about, I want to try that, you know. And after a while, you spent about six months with several instruments. And you never really focus on one. So by the time I started doing bands and writing music, uh, I was singing because at the time I was an, an, an extremely adequate, no, uh, I could strum. I was that I knew the chords, but I wasn't a, a good guitar player. And now I'm, I'm probably doing it a lot more than I ever was. Uh, so it's really guitar and ukulele. I played banjo for a while, and I have one here, and I keep threatening to pick it up again. <laughs> uh, I think we would rather that I didn't. Oh, but banjo should always be played. Yeah, I I pick one up every now and again, but I'm strumming it. I used to be able to do the full, you know, finger picking and dueling banjo stuff. 
I bought my daughter an accordion, so I understand. You just <laughs> instruments so, yeah. are made. Voice and guitar. That's awesome. All right. So with all your projects that you have going on, and we all need some sort of recreation and fun. What do you do to keep yourself recharged and keep your creative mind focused? Um, surfing is the biggie. There's nothing that'll clear your head more than surfing. Um, and racing is another one. And I found out, or at least I, I think I hypothesize the, the reason that I like these particular pursuits is because they force everything around you out. When we're racing, there is really only one thing you can think about. All of the, did I leave the toaster on? <laughs> None of that can enter your brain. There is no stressing or worrying. And I'm not trying to solve story problems or dialogue problems or design problems or any of that stuff. You're just purely doing that. It's the same with surfing. Um, but like I'll, I'll go sailing whenever I can. I just recently did another trip out to Catalina. My son and I took a two-week trip up the coast and back down to the Channel Islands a while back. It's another thing that you know, just forces you to separate from everything out there. And those are the biggies. And uh, and I got an old an old Triumph sports car from 1958. That get get in that, take the top down, and drive up the coast with your wife. Mm. Life's really good. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a lot of fun. That does sound like a lot of fun. Motorcycles I used to do, but it's too dangerous, and and I don't heal anymore. So when no. you fall off, it takes you a lot longer to get better. When I was young, you'd fall off, you'd bounce back in two days. Hey. Now, <laughs> even after that, you're still like, oh, I think my ow. So I don't do that anymore. Well, never quite the same again. I want to live. Yeah, the mutant healing powers just aren't what they used to be when you were a kid, huh? No siree, Bob. They <laughs> apparently fall apart at like 30. Yeah. Yeah, you start playing mystery brews. Sorry. <laughs> you know, actually, I've you got know, just over a year until I hit 30 and things are starting to fall apart. Not I, okay. uh, one of my, my lifelong dreams, and I, I'm hoping to do this within the next couple of years, is I want to start up in the state of Washington and drive all the way down the coast, the, the western coastline. That's a great drive. You absolutely should do that. That's that's in my my top three things I want to do in the next couple of years. That's I told my wife we're we're kicking the kids out for a couple of weeks and we're just driving. So <laughs> they can, they're they're getting old enough. They can fend for themselves. We'll be all right. I'd still love the grandparents. Whole Route 66 thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got to drive on that a little bit a couple years ago. My wife and I were uh, down in New Mexico, mm -hmm. and I drove through some of some of it in New Mexico, and that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, just the cool old timey feels. And yeah, two years ago we did it uh, out to the Grand Canyon, so we went from here out through New Mexico. Uh, okay, that was great doing that segment of it, but it made us think, yeah, we'd love to carry on and get all the way to Chicago. Yeah, I want to start on. I want to start in the Chicago end and work my way all the way out. I have a couple different cross country drives that I just, I just think would be the coolest thing to do. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we still have kids, and my wife says I can't just ditch them. So <laughs> that's what your parents are for. If you put out a big enough bowl of food, doesn't <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't tempt me. Uh, all right, so <laughs> it's not like you're leaving a two and a half year old. Well, no, you got me there. 
There's they're uh, they're 19 and and 14. I had to think about that, Kendall. Sorry. All right, so. <laughs> That's my youngest. All right. So, Swampy, before we say our goodbyes to you, we would love to play a, a little quiz with you. We play this with every guest that comes on the show. So, uh, it's a five-question quiz. It's all multiple choice. And it's all going to be based on Phineas and Ferb. Oh, I'm going to do terrible, but that's okay. We're, well, that's kind of the hope. Uh, so, <laughs> if, uh, if you get three questions correct, we'd like to be able to send you one of these here mugs. that says, I gave to the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund. Excellent. Okay. If you get four way, questions, the, the, at a walk on water, I run the water safety team. Okay. Um, we have a whole team of guys that make sure that the, the athletes and the families are safe. And we all wear red <laughs> rash guards. So we are, we are all referred to as the red shirts. And I tell the guys, you know, the most important thing out here is the, the health, safety, and well being of the athletes, um, not you. There you go. No, you are officially You are, are if if you need to fling your body between a surfboard and a child, we can get a new one of you. There you go. <laughs> they cannot get a new child. Actually true because if you if you damage your red shirt, now you've got to save two people. But it is a good humor. Exactly. Anyway. All right. So, and if you get four questions correct, we'd like to send you this book which is, if I get the glare off of it, Custodians <laughs> of the Cosmos, which is written by Drayton Allen, the founder of our group. It's written uh, loosely based upon Starfleet and Star Trek about a young man who wants to join Starfleet, but he washes out and uh, he joins as a custodian to boldly clean up after those who boldly just went. <laughs> uh, and Good it, book. So, but uh, yeah, so if you get four right, we'll send you the, the mug and the book, Okay. Cool. However, if you only get two correct, and you can ask Dan how this works out. <laughs> uh, what do I have to send you? Nothing. Uh, uh, but <laughs> if you only get two correct, if you only get two correct, we take a picture of you and we make a meme out of you. Dan has a very nice picture with him in a floral bonnet. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he does. Uh, well, he does now. We made it of him. So <laughs> uh, do you, we call it our fun sequence. Nice. I'm, I'm good with that. All right, very good. Well, Nick, go ahead and get us started. In Phineas and Ferb, what does OWCA stand for? Oh, come on. That one's too easy. The organization without a cool acronym. That was the softball. You were <laughs> I welcome. I have printed on the side of my Jeep in small letters. <laughs> official OWCA recreational vehicle. So I always know if I'm going down the freeway and I pass a fan, you know, <laughs> kid looking out the window, they'll go, <laughs> kid, almost 30 year old i would do it Which i'll tell you i know i'm running out of time because i've got a five o'clock soon but i got to tell you the story of where we got that from oh. i used to work in the computer industry and those of us that are old remember when you used to hook up your scanner to your computer to scan something it would come up with a little dialogue box that said accessing twain interface mm -hmm. w-a-i-n twain interface and I got to meet the guys who developed that. And I was the one who's like, what does Twain mean? And the guy smiled and he went, stands for technology without an important name. Nice. And I thought, that is the greatest thing ever that you guys just threw that in there. That made me so happy. So when you're coming up with the organization, that was my inspiration. So the reason it's Alka is thanks to the guys who created Twain technology. That is awesome. Perfect. Love that. All right, question number two. 
Which character recreates the classic Milton Burrow gag when she yells makeup and gets hit with a massive powder puff? Candace, Isabella, or Francis Monogram? I'm going to go with Candace. You are correct. <sighs> I got two. <laughs> what is the name of Phineas and Ferb's parents' favorite band? Love Sucks, The Rolling Stones, or Love Handle? Love Handle. <laughs> All right. That's, that's the moonlight over the A for Handle. I think it's actually Love Handle. Yes. All right. You win the mug. All right. Win the mug. Question number four. Phineas and Ferb made a guest appearance in what TV reality show? A, The Bachelor, B, Big Brother, C, Survivor, or D, Extreme Makeover Home Edition? Wow, how do I not know this? <laughs> I mean, I, Extreme Makeover Home Edition? That is correct. Woo! They I made a shrink ray to get rid of a house. Oh, I do remember. Oh, my God. And Doofenshmirtz got to be on Shark Tank. Yes. There you go. God. All right. That's the book and the I mug. I got a book and a mug. And for funsies, how old are Phineas and Ferb? Nine and 10, both 13, 11 and 12, or it's never stated? Never stated for sure. Never stated. Very good. Well, you went five for five, and you can now tell Dan that you have bested him in the funny science fiction I'm just, Phineas and Ferb quiz. I'm just going to text him a text that said, suck it, loser. <laughs> <laughs> we suck can, it, Trebek. Tim can send you the meme, so you can send the meme to Dan with yeah. the yeah. check, check your email. It'll be in there. So to be fair, his questions weren't specifically about Phineas and Ferb. It was That's what? You know, all the same. <laughs> he doesn't need to know that. He doesn't need to know. He just needs to know that Swampy won. There you go. The only important thing. <laughs> well, uh, Swampy, thank you so much for being on our show today. Where oh, can people you. go to find more about your previous works or even stuff that you're working on now? Yeah, IMDB. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at, at @mmonogram or Twitter at, at M Monogram, or I finally got one of them TikTok accounts like all the young people do. So I'm at, at Monogram, uh, at M Monogram on TikTok, which uh, I love that Dan really, really goes for it. He, he does full productions and yes, he does. I'll turn my phone on and go, hi, uh, you know. How <laughs> 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 come Dan is, is verified and you're not? It's like, because. Dan really works at this stuff and he does beautiful things. And occasionally I go, eh, so, yeah. hey, look at me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I understand uh, that. Surfer Jack has a website that I don't think we update much, but we do occasionally on Facebook. It's been hard because we've been developing. So a lot of that isn't public. So you can't really put stuff out there. Sure. Fair enough. If you really want to know what I'm doing, call me. <laughs> We will make sure that we get your TikTok, Instagram names in our description and as well as the link to your IMDb page. Good stuff. I'm, I'm doing cameos now, uh, oh. which, uh, and again, the proceeds, uh, well, the per percentage of the proceeds that I get uh, is going to a walk on water. Awesome. So do it. awesome. It's, it's benefiting surf therapy for special needs kids and their families. 
So, you know, please have me uh, say something embarrassing to someone you love or hate. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Special needs families will benefit. There you go. We will make sure we put that one in the description as well. Perfect. Absolutely. So we want to remind everybody listening that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to make sure that we get a continuous stream of good guests like Swampy Marsh here uh, so that we can have fun moments with them to listen to and uh, that you get to listen to and laugh along with. So please subscribe. It helps well more than you're ever going to be able to know. And check out Swampy's work as well. And please go go sign up for a cameo. It's for a good cause. You get to help out some, some cool kids. And by the way, if you're not content with the with the content, see what I did there? Content, content, content. with the content. Ooh, yeah. With the content of our videos, all you have to do is submit in duplicate form, of course, to the head of our complaint department, Major Francis Monogram. And he will, of course, assign this task to his best agent, Agent P. Sure, he's green. Sure, he's small. But he's got a cool hat and he growls a lot. He's been able to complete all of his assigned jobs, even when with a doofenshmirtz on his tail. If he's good enough for Francis, by golly, he's good enough for us. And if Mary's busy, we can always pass the job off to Carl. <laughs> there we go. Well, thanks again, Jeff. Thank you guys for having me. Very much appreciated it. Thank yeah. you. Goodbye, everybody, and thanks for watching. Goodbye. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give red shirt crewman number 14. You'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and falls off the roller coaster that breaks due to Murphy's Law 30 seconds after getting in, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope. Because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and the lug nut from the coaster. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of Funny Science Fiction, we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on one of our future episodes, please contact us by means of our Facebook group, Funny Science Fiction. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Funny Sci-Fi, or you can go to DraytonAllen.com and click the Contact Me link at the bottom of the page. Thanks again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Copyright 2020 by Drayton Allen. Original music by Jordan Michaels. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation of or by Funny Science Fiction or its sponsors. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at DraytonAllen at DraytonAllen.com.